right, folks. Welcome in our good friends here at Pickaxe and Roll. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I'm excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win. As the Nuggets, they defeat the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic, who had a nice game. Really, really cool. Very nice. Uh, Would have been nice if you had a co-star to kind of go with it. Final score on this one, 118-109. And it just continues to feel like, especially with the Nuggets at home, that they are unbeatable. They're at the stage now, 27-4. and The only times when they actually lose at home are when things get a little weird. You had a couple games that Jokic missed. You had a Detroit game where uh, everybody came back, but it was going up against Detroit and everything was a little weird at that point. So I'm not really surprised that it was odd. Not really surprised that it was bad during that time. And then you had a, a Dallas game actually against this Dallas Mavericks team that didn't have Kyrie Irving at the time, but had Spencer Dinwiddie, had Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, I'm not sure what this little would have looked like with Kyrie Irving. They probably would have scored a lot more. Uh, not a lot more. They probably would have scored a little bit more. And then Denver would have taken it more seriously, and they would have been better too. So you're probably getting a win regardless in this stage. But here's the thing. This Nuggets team, they're just good, man. They're just really, really good. Really, really fun. 27-4 and four at home, as I mentioned. 41-18. and 18, Top of the West. This has been a lot of fun to watch. And I really do think that going into the All-Star break... Now, we'll talk about this a little bit more in the third segment, but... Going into the All-Star break, I think the Nuggets have done exactly what they needed to do to set themselves up to win a title. Not just be good, not just get to the playoffs with a top seed. I think they have done enough to win a championship by laying the groundwork for what they've done so far. It's been great, and we get to talk all about it. Let's first talk about Nikola Jokic, who I thought he was kind of lame tonight, if I'm being honest. I thought that there were definitely some moments where He was looking for the all-star break a little bit hard. He was looking for uh, kind of passing out of certain situations where there's there's no reason to pass out of it. Uh, He was a little bit lazy on some of the passes. And then you look up and he's got a triple-double. 14 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. Denver kind of worked a little bit hard at the end of this game to get him that triple-double. There was definitely, uh, like, Michael Malone could have called timeout about a minute sooner than he actually did letting Denver kind of work through their struggles, letting them try to get that one assist. Uh, There was one play right at the end of it where Vlatko Chanchar, he receives a pass from Nikola Jokic on the roll and then makes the right basketball play by kicking out to the corner for three. And you can hear this massive groan from the crowd like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Because everybody knew that Jokic was on nine assists as opposed to 10. And that's kind of like, it's kind of a distraction, if we're being honest. There there are some things that I think Denver could be doing better as a team if they weren't focusing so heavily on getting Nikola a triple-double. But look, triple-double is triple-double. They are showcasing their best player. They are putting him in a position where he can win this third MVP, and that's fine. There ain't nothing wrong with it. The best thing about this, if I'm Denver, is I'm thinking about how Nikola Jokic didn't have to do that much in a game that Denver won comfortably. Don't let the final score really sway you. I thought that Jokic was fine. I thought that he wasn't at his best. Luka had 37-9. and Like, what are we talking about here? I think Luka put together an MVP caliber performance. He was great. And yet it just didn't matter because the Nuggets played great team basketball. They had 34 assists as a team. 
and Jokic is just dominant in, in an under, in a, a kind of a a lower focus kind of way. Not focus. What am I trying to say? Uh, it isn't like so flashy. It isn't so in your face. Just how dominant he is. That games like this, where I'm nitpicking and criticizing and everything, still had a triple double. Still had a steal and a block. Was a plus nine in a game they won by nine. Like, what are we talking about here? The dude is still awesome. I don't want to belabor the point, but I do think that he was, of all the guys that were out there tonight, probably one of the guys that was ready the most for the All-Star break, and that's fine. Michael Porter Jr., a good one here. Uh, This was really, really good. I was very impressed with Mike. I was very impressed with the mentality that he brought at the beginning of the game. I was very impressed with what Michael Porter Jr. did throughout the game on both ends of the floor. But he finishes with 22 points, five rebounds, and two blocks, and was a plus 12 in a game that the Nuggets won by nine. And I'm looking at Mike's stat line. I don't even think it tells the story of how good he was tonight. Eight of 16, five of 10 from three. There were some moments where, okay, it could have been a little bit better, could have been uh, a little bit more efficient at points. But the dude was awesome tonight. He was really, really good on both ends of the floor. And I think the sequence at the beginning of the game was one of his most important, but there was a sequence at the late at the late stages of the game that really sealed the deal for everything. That was awesome, too. I'll talk about both. Beginning of the game, he's driving to the rim. He's finding opportunities to drive all the way to the basket and using a Euro step and getting to the rim over the top of smaller defenders, making sure that nobody in his way is bothering him because he can't even see them because he's so tall and because he's just unbothered on those kinds of drives. Uh, But the Euro step that he had right around Dwight Powell, it was so funny because I think it it made it even more impressive based off of how those guys are basically the same size. Michael Porter, 6'10", 6'11", Euro stepping around a center. Dwight Powell, who's a little bit undersized for a center, but like a center regardless. And Michael Porter being able to do that, being aggressive off the catch, finding an opportunity to use an impressive move and finish easily at the rim. That's such a big, big deal. He is finding new ways to be impactful, not just as a spot up shooter, even though that's going to be his best skill. Spot up shooting is going to be what he does. That's what he's focused on, that's what the Nuggets need him to do. But on a night like tonight, where he gets to the rim a little bit, he's more aggressive, and then switching on defense at the beginning of the game, he switched on to Luka Doncic, contested some shots extremely well. He blocked a shot at the beginning of the game against uh, Josh Green, or not, beginning of the second half, excuse me, against Josh Green was really impressive. And then in transition, Denver's about to give up some points, and he swats a ball off the glass swats it so hard that it goes out to the basically the free throw line, three-point line for Denver. They run a fast break and he gets a three out of it, calls a timeout. He has this massive fist pump at that point. And you could tell the moment meant a lot to him, not just because of the fist pump, but because it was him putting together everything that he had been asked to do and also doing things in a fun way, enjoyable way. And he's playing, he's hustling on defense making plays, running the floor in transition, hitting pull-up threes. The dude is awesome when he is in his best zone, when he is doing the things that you're asking him to do. 
he can do those things at a high level. So I'm really impressed with the growth. Uh, Michael Malone was very complimentary of him postgame, just talking about his overall growth, his overall just how he has learned to be better. And I tend to think that as he continues to grow, the Nuggets are just going to reach this next level more consistently than ever before. He has been a lot of fun, and it is nice to just get that general uh, buy-in, but not just like like buy-in from Zane. It's a great word here, but like the reward. You 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 put in all of the work that you do in order to get a reward of some sort. Some people do it for just the love of the game. Some people do it for other things. But in general, I've just been very happy with what they've asked him to do and how he has improved consistently. It's been awesome. So credit to Michael Porter. Next one, KCP. 14 points tonight for KCP, 3 of 6 from 3. Was hoping he would just absolutely jack it up from 3 tonight. Only attempted six threes, but probably could have attempted more. The dude deserves to be in the three-point contest. And let's be honest, Michael Porter probably deserves to be in the three-point contest too. The dude is unbelievable from three. And Denver has these two awesome candidates that neither of them really got to show their stuff. But I do think that Denver, they are so much, they're benefiting so much from Michael Porter and KCP spacing the floor for Jokic and for Gordon and for Murray and guys like that. And all of the actions that Denver runs in the middle of the floor, KCP is just nails from the perimeter. And one thing that he has really added over the course of the and like just looking at the box score, like five assists, five rebounds, three steals, one block, plus eight. The dude is filling it up in a lot of different ways, and not just as a not just as a scorer or shooter, but he's doing other things too in the wake of Murray and Gordon's absence. But him being able to add five assists and be much more incorporated into the ball movement that the Nuggets are doing, that's such a big deal because the Nuggets are starting Bruce Brown at point guard right now. Jokic is obviously the lead playmaker of everything, but if Bruce Brown is going to be your point guard, you have to have other guys that can make plays. You have to have other guys that can facilitate a little bit. And it feels like KCP is doing that both for the starting lineup and for the second unit, which is pretty cool. So He has been fantastic, deserves all the credit in the world. I'm not going to fawn on him exhaustively because I've done it enough this year, but uh, he's just a perfect role player, just is what he is. Next, Bruce Brown. uh, Got the Luka Doncic assignment a lot tonight. I'm not surprised that he did with Kyrie out. Denver basically just treated Luka like the point guard, and they had Bruce Brown on him at the beginning. Uh, Bruce Brown... Probably a little bit too small for Luka Doncic. He would be better against Kyrie, and there's no shame in that. Like that, that was probably a matchup that Denver they they could have been better with. But in general, Bruce was fine. He was perfectly reasonable against other guys. Switched onto other guys, got a couple steals, six assists. As I, I, I mean, Denver's just assisting the hell out of the ball right now. Five assists for KCP, six for Bruce Brown. And then 10 for Jokic. It's just, it's incredible the way that they're doing this right now. And like Bruce is just extremely helpful for what the Nuggets are asking of him. I think in general, Bruce is probably going to have his minutes reduced at least a little bit just because of the addition of Reggie Jackson. When Jamal Murray comes back, he's going to go back to playing 30 a night or so. I think that there are going to be a lot of nights where 
Bruce probably plays only 18 to 20 minutes. And his role is going to be reduced in in advance of the playoffs, despite the fact that he is awesome, despite the fact that it's pretty clear that he's the sixth man of the team. But his ability to fill in on every gap, it's going to be less necessary when Denver's fully healthy, but they're going to need him going forward. So the fact that he can put up 10 points, six assists, three rebounds, two steals, plus 13, that's always going to be super helpful for what Denver needs. So never take it for granted. Uh, He is a guy who is always going to be helpful, even if he's not playing well. Uh, The energy that he brings, the pace that he plays with, he's going to find ways to impact the game. And then Vlaco. Weirdly, Vlaco missed some threes tonight. It was very odd because Vlaco very rarely misses threes. Uh, 0-4 tonight, but he still had 12 points on 11 shots. Very efficient inside the arc. 5 of 7 from 2. 2 of 2 from the line. Just kind of a a lower usage role for Vlaco in general. Just uh, didn't have to do too terribly much as a playmaker. You had other guys that are doing the playmaking. So he's a connector. He helps everything kind of move and, and be facilitating and whatnot. But he didn't really have anybody to guard tonight. Didn't really have anybody to like stand out against. So I'm not really surprised that he kind of fell into the background a little bit. But uh, in general, Vlaco's just super helpful player. I'm going to talk about Jeff Green in the second segment, but I think that Vlaco has more than earned his role. He is going to stay in the rotation. He has been fantastic. All right. Tell you what, let's now take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the bench and everything that they provided. Some some interesting things to talk about with the bench for sure. But first, as everybody knows, Superbook Sports is the ad for this podcast, and there's no better place to wager on. Uh, it was the Super Bowl for a while, but now it is basketball. Now it, you're, you're going to get into hockey playoffs here pretty soon. There's a lot to talk about, and there's nobody better equipped to help you out with that than Superbook Sports. Superbook features the best menu of prop bets in the business. Plus, check out their special odds, boosts, and promotions at Superbook.com. With over three decades of odds-making experience in Las Vegas, there is nobody better, no place better to wager than Superbook Sports. Win some money as one lucky team wins the championship at the end of the year. Download the Superbook Sports app today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, sponsored by... Uh, barrel glass of water uh, as well so thank you so much for hanging out with me today uh, we are having fun we are enjoying we are vibing got some people in the chat thank you guys for hanging out tonight uh, everybody welcome into the Nuggets show and and Shane says hello from Sweden that's a pretty cool place to be Shane thank you so much for stopping by really appreciate you hanging out all right let's get into the bench lineup now, as we now get to discuss everything that, that happened with this bench group. And there's a lot of things that are, I think, positive in general for this Nuggets team. Most importantly, is that they have an identity. 
the plus minus is what it is. I think that Denver kind of, like they were way better in the first half than they were the second half of this group. I thought that the first half they hit some mid-range shots, they got some stops, some important shot some important stops during the uh the flow of the offense and the flow of the defense in the second quarter specifically when Luca went off the floor. Fourth quarter was a little bit different. You had uh I'm pretty sure it was AJ Lawson and Theo Pinson and Jaden Hardy and guys like that uh just doing everything that they could. Oh, McKinley Wright as well. McKinley Wright hit two threes. AJ Lawson hit two threes. Jaden Hardy hit two threes on the other side. A lot of that came in the second half. Dallas scored 35 points in that fourth quarter trying to make a comeback, but it really wasn't meant to be. And I give a lot of credit to a lot of guys. Uh, Denver had built up enough of a lead that they didn't really need to focus at that point. But before then, and in that third quarter especially, Jeff Green. Is Jeff Green the story of the game tonight? Like, I, I don't know. This dude is... It's one of those things that you, you kind of don't really expect. It came out of nowhere where Jeff Green had been playing pretty poorly for a while. It was a it was a defensive problem with him. He was not shooting the ball well from three. Still has some things to work on. Like two of five from three is not going to save his percentages by any stretch of the word. But I do think that what Jeff Green was able to do tonight, especially in the second half, as a cutter, as a three-point shooter... He even in the first half, he had a, a nice post move or actually it was an isolation movement, basically turned to the base, uh, hit a nice little turnaround jumper in the lane uh, over the top of a smaller defender. The dude finds ways to score and him being able to do this 24 points on 11 of 16 from the field didn't take a single free throw. These were 16 shooting possessions and that's a really great efficient number. So 11 of 16. And a lot of it was off of cuts. A lot of it was off of spot-ups in the corner. Uh, he was, he had a nice transition layup when he stole the ball. Uh, it was a lazy pass from Jaden Hardy. I was, I was very surprised that he actually made it. And he just passes it right to Jeff Green, basically. Jeff then has this one-on-one for a layup over the top of Luka Doncic. And Luka just absolutely like bailed out of the way on that one. There was no way that Luka was going to get in the way of that one right before the All-Star break. So it was very interesting, but I'm very impressed with Jeff in general. He has, like, he's probably not going to stay in the rotation, if we're being honest. I think that he's going to be a guy who is ultimately cut when Denver gets back to full strength. But him being able to find a sort of rhythm, uh, some energy, some stability with the way that he plays, there was a lot of that tonight with the way that he had to go. And I am excited for Jeff that he at least gets to have this moment. I'm not sure how many moments he's going to have going forward with this team, but there will be an opportunity where somebody gets hurt, somebody needs to be replaced in the in the lineup. Maybe, uh, maybe Vlaco just falls off a cliff at some point, and they need to get a little bit of a boost from the big man spot uh, at the four. But I think that in general, Jeff is one of those guys that. He hadn't played well for a while. It doesn't mean that he can't play well going forward. One steal, one block tonight. 24 points, as I mentioned. Still not being the all-around like contributor that Denver probably needs. But I like being able to talk about Jeff Green in a positive way. Like he, It hasn't been, happened enough so far this year. I think that Jeff has more to give. 
I think that if this really is like maybe his last year in Denver, it would be nice to see him be able to make good on that and to have an opportunity to really contribute. But we're going to see either way that like it's it's just fun to be able to talk about Jeff. It's fun to be able to talk about everything that he went through. Luke, shout out Luke, good friend. Uncle Jeff went crazy. Uh, Uncle Jeff, uh, five 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 ish. Uh, I, I see you. I see you on uh, the DNVR show as well. Uncle Jeff emptied the tank before the All Star break. This is pretty sweet. Uh, it's just nice. It's a. It's exciting to be able to talk about Jeff this way. So hopefully this can be a continuation of what's to come. Next, let's go to Thomas Bryant. A newbie in the rotation, somebody that the Nuggets, I think, are getting more adjusted to as life kind of goes on. But he, I think, made a really nice impression in front of the Ball Arena crowd tonight. Three of five from the field. He had this nice pull-up three uh, in in transition, semi-transition, where he was the trailer. Everybody kind of got set up, and he just pulled up from three very confidently. It was kind of a, a surprising shot that he took, but I like that he took it. Because at some t- sometimes Denver just doesn't get good shots with their bench. So Thomas Bryant's like a 38, 39% three-point shooter on low volume. So maybe that's something that he could provide. Uh, not just being a beast on the inside, but maybe the occasional pick-a-pop jump or stuff like that. But 14 points tonight, 8 points, 3 of 5 from the field. Had an and one that was a really, really big deal in the second half. And also had an alley-oop in the first half. I, I was there... Uh, I was basically right in front of me, kind of. I'm, I'm, I say caddy corner, right where he caught the caught the lob, basically. And my God, <laughs> it was it was a dumb lob for Christian Brown to throw because he absolutely did not see Christian Brown did not see the guy that was rotating over and was already in Thomas Bryant's path. And I don't know why the dude didn't fall over, didn't try to flop on the jump, whatever. But he just kind of stood there while Thomas Bryant jumped over and dunked on him. It was very funny. It was very odd. But Thomas Bryant gets up, catches the lob and throws it down. Christian Brown throws it basically behind his head. And and just uh, it's one of those plays that if Denver can get some more injections of energy like that, it's going to be great. Uh, DeAndre Jordan does that sometimes, right? Like he'll catch the lob sometimes. He'll, He'll do some crazy stuff. But I feel like in the 14 minutes that Thomas Bryant had tonight, you could feel the energy just a little bit more from the rebounding to the running the floor to the screening and then jumping and then jumping again and jumping again and jumping again. Like that is what Thomas Bryant does. He's going to be a little ball of energy or a big ball of energy because the dude is huge. The, the dude is is a, a load in the paints when he gets moving and you can't really stop him. So I hope that he continues to play like that because sometimes things like this, it's really good up front and then teams get adjusted. Guys might have a little bit less energy to bring and sometimes that energy can kind of die out. I hope that is not the case with Thomas Bryant because if the dude continues to play like he played tonight, there are some times where, okay, maybe the plus minus isn't going to be great because he's not a great rim protector. But he can make up for that in so many ways if he wants to by just hustling and just grabbing offensive rebounds, being a load, and doing everything that he needs to do. If he can do that consistently, the Nuggets are going to have another guy that they have to play in the playoffs. Not just can play in the playoffs, but have to. You want a guy like that to earn it. So I think he will. 
We talked to him after the game tonight. Seems like a great, fun, nice guy. Uh, very smiley, which is cool. So hopefully we can uh, we can see a little bit more of Thomas Bryant going forward. He has more to give to this Nuggets team, I think. Christian Brown. 27 minutes for Christian Brown tonight and very low volume for Christian Brown. I thought that, hey, three shots, that seems a little bit low when Jeff Green took 16. When uh, I mean, you had Ishmith taking seven, but I don't know. Like, Christian Brown's going to be one of those guys that sometimes he's going to take 10 shots if he's open, and sometimes he's going to take one, two, or three shots because it just didn't really find him tonight. And that's fine. Like, four assists, one turnover, made some nice plays, uh, made a nice play to Jokic in the pick and roll, which was good. I think that was in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken, but he continues to find ways to contribute. It's not going to always be I'm locking the opposing guy up because I, I got to be honest, his defense these last couple of games has not been really impressive. I think that he's probably taken a little bit of a step back. Maybe he's a little bit tired uh, heading into this all-star break. So hopefully he gets as refresh, as refreshed as everybody else. But I do think that with him, he's grown on the offensive end to the point that even though the defense isn't like awesome all the time. He still added four assists in 27 minutes and six points, four assists, three rebounds, just one turnover, one of two from three. Perfectly fine. Ain't anything wrong with that. He's pretty low usage, and that's probably something that you've got to think about. But in general, I'm I'm pretty happy with what Christian Brown has turned himself into. He's just a reliable dude. And sometimes the ball's going to find him a little bit more. Sometimes it won't. But still an impressive player, still an impressive thing that's got that they've got going on here. Ish Smith, um, 19 minutes, 8 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, a little bit more productive. Uh, just he, He's a surprisingly good rebounder for his size. He puts himself into a position at the top of the key most of the time where if any ball kind of careens out to the free throw line, out to uh, just where he's standing, he's going to get it because he's very quick. He'll, he'll track down those balls that kind of careen sideways off the rim. And a lot of times, guys don't have the speed to be able to get to those. If Smith, of course, does. So that's nice to see. He's a hustler. Denver's going to need that. They're going to need to continue to find those ways to hustle in the dog days of the regular season. Hopefully, that's that's not as much of an issue post-All-Star break, but you never know. Um, but like I thought his overall assists, he, he broke down the defense a lot of times. He drove the slot. A lot of times where he's driving the slot and then he drives baseline, gets underneath the basket, and then he wrapped around a pass to both Jeff Green and Thomas Bryant for cutting dunks and finding those plays where he can just really get into the teeth of the defense, get people confused, lose track of their own man, and then he finds them for a cutting dunk. Those are free points. Those are opportunities that you don't usually get within the flow of half-court offense. So being able to get those, it's such a debilitating, emotionless, like, like it, it, it sucks the life out of you if you're a defense, where all of those opportunities, if you see a guy get into the teeth of the defense, then wrap around a pass for a cutting dunk, all you're doing is looking around at the rest of your team. It's like, what the hell? What just happened here? And I thought that that's what Dallas did a lot of those times, where if Smith is going to be able to do that, hopefully Reggie Reggie Jackson can do that. Maybe Bruce Brown, Christian Brown can continue to do that with the second unit. 
but we're just going to have to see. I do think that Vlacko's good at cutting at the right times there. Thomas Bryant will be in the right position on those uh, options. And it's already looking like Ish Smith has found some chemistry with him. And I think Reggie Jackson will be able to do the same. Bruce Brown, we'll see. Uh, Christian Brown, we'll see. But I do think that those guys want to look for him. And so if he makes himself available, like what like Ishmith found him tonight, Thomas Bryant, I think that Denver's going to find him more consistently going forward. All right. Tell you what. Good win. Awesome win. Let's take a break now. When we come back, we are going to check in on the rest of the West a little bit and where the Nuggets stand in that picture heading into the All-Star break. We'll be right back. We're back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. If you're in the comments, make sure to go give this one a like. It was awesome to be able to do this and, and to have as many people as we do after hours on this one. I know we've got some international folks in the chat, so thank you so much for hopping in. And I know that we've got some late night folks like me who are doing this way past their bedtimes, but we're just having fun. We're having a vibey time. Should be great. Um, in general, the Denver Nuggets now, 41 and 18, 27 and 4 record at home, 14 and 14 on the road. That's exciting. Just in and of itself, that is a great way to win a lot of games. You never lose at home and you go 500 on the road. That's a really good formula. There's, there's not a lot of teams that can say that they're doing what Denver's doing right now. And for them to be able to consistently achieve what they've achieved at home and not have these letdowns, that's such a big deal. Think about where Denver was last year. I think they won like, I don't know, 22 games. They were like 22 and 19 at home or something like that. Maybe 23 and 18. They have already surpassed that. And there are 24 games left to go. Uh, or 23 games left to go, excuse me. They have 10 more home games now, and I think that Denver can potentially go 37-4 and four at home. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't want to like speak it into existence because every time I say something, I usually reverse jinx it. That's, that's just been my experience so far, but 27-4 and four is crazy. If they finish anywhere close to, I don't know, 35-6, and six, that's fantastic. That's about as good as it gets when it comes to home records. It's not like a record or anything like that. It's not the most all time. But I think at this point, people should be really happy with what the Nuggets have done. They should. They just should be really pleased. Nuggets fans, especially Nuggets fans at home, have gotten to see a show. They've been awesome. Um, Philip says, pickaxe and roll at 3.30 p.m. here in my place. Literal chef's kiss. Love it. Fantastic, Philip. I'm glad I could. Uh, I've got the international time going. This is great. Uh, <laughs> very nice. Uh, magic numbers. Let's go to magic numbers now. I've been doing this. I, I started doing this last podcast. I'm going to keep doing it. Combined Nuggets wins and Team X's losses. So for a top four seed, 
The combined wins the Denver needs, combined with the number of losses that the fifth seed needs, uh, which let me just look this up just to make sure I'm not crazy. How did I forget to have this? Okay, I'm going to the standings page right now. Bear with me. Um, the fifth seed right now is the LA Clippers at 32 and 28. The Nuggets are 41 and 18, so they have 10 fewer losses than the Clippers do. The Clippers can get to 54 wins. The Nuggets need to get to 55 wins to guarantee that they're above them. So, with that in mind, 55 or they they have a magic number of 14 because they have 41 wins right now. So, that's how that works. And then it's 20 for the top of the West because Memphis can still get to 60 wins technically. That means that Denver would need to get to technically 61. But 20. So that's combined wins versus opposing losses. That's how that works. Uh, Denver's in a great place. They're in a great place. To have a magic number that low at this stage of the season is really, really impressive. It's not usually what happens at this stage, especially at the top of the West where usually Denver's had to face teams like Golden State and Utah and Phoenix and the Clippers and the Lakers and all of these teams that have inhabited the top of the West throughout this time, Denver's just been the best team throughout. And they have really outlasted a lot of these other teams. And it makes me think that this could be the year. This could be the season. So where the Nuggets stand right now, where are, where are they going to do it? What's going to happen? I think that the Nuggets at this stage are setting themselves up extremely well to win a title. I think that by doing your work early, which is what the Nuggets have done, they kind of hemmed and hawed about it for the first two months of the season, but ever since then, they've just been on fire. Ever since December 7th, which is a number that I, I, it's a date that I go back to because that's the last time, um, that was the the Mavericks loss that they had. The one of the four Mavericks home or one of the four home losses that they've had was to the Mavericks on December sixth. So the day after December seventh. Ever since then, they're like twenty seven and five, something crazy like that. And they have the best record in the NBA during that stretch. They have the top net rating. They have the third best offense and the sixth best defense. They have been basically a top five unit on both ends of the floor, have been fantastic, versatile, doing it with everybody. But Jokic has been the catalyst of pretty much everything, which that helps uh, sort of organize things and helps formulate their identity, which they have clearly found since uh, that point. They needed to lock in defensively. They needed to find out who they could be on that end of the floor. And now they have found it over the course of from December 7th to now. It's been just over two months. Denver's done what they needed to do to separate themselves from the rest of the West. They are technically five games up, although they're four losses up in the loss column with 23 games left to go. As I mentioned, going to be hard for the Memphis Grizzlies to catch them, which means that Denver doesn't have to try too terribly hard going forward in order to just earn a spot, in order to be the best possible team. They will probably try to compete with Boston a little bit. Boston is 42 and 17. The Nuggets are 41 and 18. They are one game back of the Boston Celtics for the best record in the league. And I wonder if that's something that they want. I'm wondering if that's something that they actually try to compete for. 
I don't know if that's going to be how it is, but I think that Boston will probably get that. But it's still going to be something that Denver, if they want to, they, they could go for. It'd probably have to go like 18 and 5, 17 and 6, maybe. Uh, you're probably pushing it at that point. But in general, if Denver could finish with the top record in the league, then that would be great too. But it's not necessary for them to be the best possible team that they could be. I think that they can go into Boston and win one playoff game. They don't need to do that much more. They've got to defend home court and then win one playoff game on the road at that point. But I think in general, in the West, like everybody wants to talk about how Phoenix is doing what they're doing, how they are always going to be uh, they're always going to be one of those teams that with the star power that they have is going to get the national love. They're going to get the national interest. Everybody wants to fawn over the Phoenix Suns. Now let's be honest, they are scary. They're a pretty terrifying team when it comes to how do you defend a team like that? How do you guard them when they're at full strength, when they're fully optimized? Are they ever going to be fully optimized in the next two months, three months? I don't know. Like, maybe. They've got a lot of smart people. And and KD is one of the most, I think, malleable superstars in the league where he can fit around just about anybody and be awesome and help elevate what they're doing. But I do think that it's going to take some time with the rest of their roster. Like, they'll have some great moments, but are they going to be unbeatable? Are they going to be unstoppable? Probably not. And Denver, they're not going to be unstoppable either, I don't think. Except when they have Jokic on the floor. When Jokic is on the floor, they they have, like, I, I just posted this earlier today, an unbeatable offensive rating when Jokic is on the floor. When he is locked in and everybody's playing around him, they are just destroying worlds. They are breaking records offensively right now, which it's what they should be doing with the kind of talent that they have. But I do think that this ability to raise their level defensively, to be finding answers in general, for Michael Porter to be a guy that you can count on defensively in a lot of different moments, for Bruce Brown, for KCP, for Aaron Gordon, for Jamal Murray to improve, for Nikola Jokic to, like, I don't think this has been a great Nikola Jokic defensive season. And they've still found a way. They've still been good. And I think that he will continue to find more ways to be successful defensively in the playoffs, where he's going to be focusing on that just a little bit more. Offensively, he's got help. He doesn't have to do everything offensively in the playoffs. Now, he can help himself defensively just a little bit more. And Denver, with the signings that they've had with their bench, I don't think that Denver's Denver's probably not going to have to have a plus 10, plus 12 offensive or net rating with the starters. They can probably be worse than that and still be okay because they're going to stagger a little bit. Reggie Jackson's going to be helpful. Thomas Bryant's going to be helpful. It's exciting to be able to talk about this team from a kind of fully formed perspective where Denver doesn't need a whole heck of a lot from Reggie Jackson. They don't need a whole heck of a lot from Thomas Bryant. They've got the formula regardless. You've got Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Blacko Chanchar, and then add Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryant to that. And you've got yourself a team. You've got yourself a rotation. So Denver doesn't have to do anything crazy. They don't have to go wild. They don't need anything crazy from Reggie Jackson or Thomas Bryant. Those guys just got to fit in. Everybody's got to fit in. But that's the great thing about the ethos and the culture of this team 
and why I think that they have established what they've established so far is that they have a group that knows what they can do, that is very confident about the direction that they're going. And now they've just got to put pen to paper. They've got to deliver when it comes. And I think that they will. I really do. I I think that this is a team that is hungry. I think that this is a team that has neglected talking about all-star festivities or setting offensive records or uh, anything like that because they, they still know how long the journey is. And they haven't, they've not taken the bait in pressers. They've not taken the bait in talking to just people in general. Uh, you could talk to the national folks and nobody's talking about Denver right now. You want to know why that is? Because Denver's not talking to anybody right now. They're not trying to crow. They're not trying to say, oh, hey, look at us. We're at the top of the West. Why aren't you talking about us? They're just playing. And they're just doing what they need to do in order to stay at the top of the bracket. And they have done that. And teams are ultimately going to come around to that. Fans of other teams, whoever it is, analysts, whatever, they're ultimately going to come around to the fact that Denver, wow, they are scary. Adam Mars, good friend, he says this a lot of the time on his pods. They've got to be the San Antonio Spurs. They've got to be 2013-14 San Antonio. If they're going to want to win a title, that's the mentality that they have to have. And I think that's true. Jokic scored 14 points tonight. And it felt like he, he was like forcibly trying to get other people to go along with him and, and try to get other people to do other things. But in general, Denver doesn't need big scoring performances from any individual. They have a talented rotation from top to bottom of players that are capable. Jeff Green just scored 24. Thomas Bryant's capable of going for crazy numbers. We've seen that in Denver. Reggie Jackson, he's capable of going for 30 at any given point. Denver now, they have so many talented pieces. They just have to put it together and meld it, and they're going to be fine. The San Antonio model of being able to just share the ball, not worry about who scores, but that you just score. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that Denver's in a great place where they are going to be perfectly fine. Um, Let's answer some quick questions before we get out of here. Uh, Actually, Philip says, this is the most chill regular season of the Jokic era. It really is. There's not a lot to stress about. There's just not. It's been a lot of fun. I've, I've enjoyed myself. Other than when I was like at the beginning in October, November, December, I'm thinking, what is going on? This team is way better than the 28th ranked defense. They were 28th at one point. How insane is that? They were next to Houston and San Antonio and Detroit. Now they're 13th, and they're way better. They were 6th in defensive rating in the last two, two and a half months. Like, of course. It's just, I was just so flustered and so, like, I was, I was bashing my head against the wall trying to figure out what the hell am I missing here. And it's just that they didn't need to care at that point. That's fine. Uh, Poppy Chulo says, Kevin Love is a good floor spacer. Um, I I saw you ask about Kevin Love as a buyout option. I don't really think that Denver's going to mess with this roster at this point. I think they like the mix that they have. Kevin Love is not going to really elevate what what they do. I think that they like Thomas Bryant. They like Zeke Naji. They like Vlako Chanchar. They like Jeff Green. Those are the four backup bigs that you need. You don't really need anything else. Like, Denver doesn't need anything crazy. DeAndre Jordan's there for vibes. 
He's been a good leader off the court. He's not going to play anymore, and that's fine. But I do think that Denver, they, they are in a good place where they need uh, just energy, positive energy in general. Kevin Love wants to play. He's not going to really do that. Um, Abel says the Bucks close to that best record too. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks have gone crazy. It, it is one of those things where there's a lot of teams that are playing really well right now. Even if it may not feel like it, there's a lot of teams that are playing well. Do you know that there's 11 teams in the Western Conference currently with a positive point differential? That's nuts. That is insane. And there's also eight in the West, in the East. So there's 19 total teams in the NBA with a positive point differential. There's been the bad teams, and then there's been everybody else pretty much. Denver, although they have separated themselves, as have Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly, I think. I think Philly is very, very good. Um, Who else? Can't wait to see Jamal's shooting guard minutes. I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what Jamal ultimately does, what it ultimately looks like. But I got to imagine that he and Reggie will play a little bit together. Not a ton. I think that they're probably more going to uh, replace Jamal's minutes with a little bit of Reggie. And that's fine. Like, I don't want to see Jamal playing much more than 30 minutes going forward. I think that he's fine. I think he's proven that he can play more. And there's no reason to worry about that knee. Just just get through the rest of the regular season. And that'll be fine. Um, Michael says, crazy stat I just found. When Jokic is on the court this year, Nuggets have an offensive rating of 124.7. Steph's career high is 120.6. Yep, that is true. You know. Steph, the guy that played with the 2016-17 Golden State Warriors, one of the best teams ever. Like, offense has just kind of gone up over the course of these last few years. It's definitely at a different place right now. But one of the craziest numbers that I think I've seen lately, the Jokic-Gordon-Porter trio has a plus 19.3 net rating this year. There is no date filter on that. There is no filter of any sort. It is just... What they have done, those guys have been awesome when they're on the floor. And Jokic, obviously, is the catalyst of everything, but I want to make sure that everybody knows Jokic has a great supporting cast this year. Like Everything has been great for this Nuggets team, and it's just been nice to be a part of that. It's been nice to see what what is kind of going through uh, just, just in general. Like Everything has been good. Like whoever Whoever had that comment before, everything has been chill. Everything's been good. They were telling us back in December and November, by the way, when we were worrying about it, like, it's fine. It's fine, guys. We know how good we are. And they were. So, look, lots of exciting things to talk about here. I'm really excited about where this is going to go. But for now, I think it is time to sign off. Fun show. Fun show, everybody. Thank you for showing up past midnight here in the Mile High City. I really do appreciate it. But that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. Once again, make sure to go give this a like. Make sure to go uh, support and, and to subscribe to the Mile High Sports uh, YouTube channel, where we've got a bunch of YouTube short stuff coming up. Got a lot of podcasts from everybody else. 
I'll be recording an AMA at some point, which Michael, we've got to we've got to do that. That's 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 something that we have to plan. Good lord. Oh, all right, everybody else. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. We'll talk to you guys very soon.